Welcome to the Ted Lasso Podcast, where the Lorehounds your guides to a Hallmark Christmas movie. I'm John. And I'm David, and this is our coverage of Apple TV's original series, Ted Lasso. In this podcast, we'll be discussing our general thoughts about this episode before having a light discussion of Season 3, Episode 2, I Don't Want to Go to Chelsea. Be sure to stick around at the end of the podcast for programming notes about our podcasting schedule for the rest of March. Quick housekeeping for early access to ad-free episodes and exclusive content, visit patreon.com slash thelorehounds. Send us feedback at thelorehounds.com slash contact or lorehounds at thelorehounds.com or head to our Discord server linked in the show notes. And if you're enjoying our content, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. As a reminder, we're doing coverage of Ted Lasso slightly differently from our normal process. Rather than a scene-by-scene breakdown, we're going to pick three elements each from the episode to discuss. And we're going to rely on you, our teammates for this season, to write in and send us voicemails about what you're enjoying. So, David. Yes, sir. Episode two. How are you feeling? Much, much better. Uh, I was very happy to be back in the, in to be back with AFC Richmond and to be with all of our, our friends. But something in the production values of episode one I, w- I don't know what was wrong, but it was, stuff was off. Okay. And I was a little bit nervous. That, that made me a little bit nervous. I was like, oh, what's going on? I hope this isn't going to you know, carry over into multiple episodes. And this episode was right back where I needed it to be. They were on point with everything. It was a funny script. The timing, the editing, all of it was just the the, the show was firing on all cylinders. So I yeah. felt really glad. I was watching it with uh, my earphones on my Roku, and my spouse was in the other room, and she's like, "Why? Why are you laughing? Like uh, this has <laughs> happened. I know before. I've relayed this story before, but I was busting up the entire episode." And she goes, "Why? Well, obviously, it was a good episode. You were laughing the whole night." And I was like, "Yeah, it was really good." So she's excited to watch it. Uh, I think we're going to watch it t- tomorrow night. But yeah, I, I, it was a banger episode. Really great episode, yeah. What'd you I, think? Yeah, I mean, everything was much better this episode. I still liked last episode, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, Danny Rojas was filing, firing <laughs> on all cylinders this episode. So, I was super happy about it. I mean, I almost actually forgave them for breaking up Roy and Keeley for the delightful mm-hmm. awkwardness this episode. Right. And I know they're going to get them back together. If they don't, then I will be mad. But I think they're going to get them right. back together. And and uh, right. I kind of like how they're pushing them back together with uh, everybody going, why, Roy? Oh, You're an idiot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Coach. <laughs> Coach Beard was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scream. Oh, yes. man. What a great recurring bit. Okay. Yeah. Are we ready for a synopsis? Yes. Please deliver the synopsis. All right. Here we go. The team courts the famous football player Zava while he fields offers from Chelsea and West Ham. Keeley struggles with her joyless staff and strict CFO before leading a video shoot about a goat transforming into a lion. (laughs) She meets an old friend and hires her for a position she's unqualified for, leading to a confrontation with the CFO. Trent Krim decides to tag along with Richmond for the season and write a book. He is resisted by Roy Kent who eventually decides to, quote, order off the vegan menu and squash their beef. Roy struggles with the reaction to his breakup and with his career regrets. The team ties in their first match back in the Premier League against Chelsea, then wins the bid for Zava thanks to Rebecca's verbal assault on him at the urinal. (laughs) That's good stuff. 
All good stuff. I think we need to go into our top three moments if we're going to dive into this. Right. Yep. What's your first one, David? Uh, the locker room scene. Uh, the whole thing. It was just a brilliant little piece of comedy that kept rolling on and kept giving gifts. Now, we got we to gotta be clear here because there's two locker room scenes and we had a bit of a miscommunication before over who was going to get to talk about which one. Right. I'm talking about the first one when they're talking about Zava writing a book about Trent Krim. <laughs> oh shit! See, I thought you were talking about a different. Oh man! All right, hold on. You do that. We, and I'm do gonna, we have the same number? I'm ones? gonna now. I'm gonna pick a, a different one. Okay. Okay. All right. But it was so good. It was. It was so great. It was so hilarious, and and it delivered on so many different aspects of the show because it touches on Keely and Roy. It touches on uh, Trent Krim. It touches on. Uh, uh, the the whole breakup thing and the relation, you know, and Ted and and Coach Beard, like it was just right. Um, uh, multi leveled, and uh, when Danny has to say, I mean, fuck off, Trent Krim, <laughs> like that yeah. was just the yeah. the the cherry on top, absolute <laughs> brilliance. And I think that that's something that I'm really grateful for the show. You know, we've been covering a lot of heavy shows, The Last of Us. Uh, Mandalorian for as fun of a Saturday morning cartoon show, you know, it's still got some some heavy content, and you know, it's you know, lasers and and force users and this, and to have a straight comedy bit where they're doing the whole who's on first uh, scenario, and to have that just pay off and keep paying off, I just really appreciated it. It was the kind of humor and levity that I really. I didn't realize I was so thirsty for it. Right. And right. they just delivered it uh, flawlessly. This was a great ensemble moment. Mm-hmm. I love the 11-11 joke. So funny. Mm-hmm. I just wished for that 30 seconds ago. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, D- Danny actually, you know, he got his wish come true. He did. He did. I guess 11-11 works. You heard it here, folks. Right. <laughs> you know what else is true, David? What is true? As of this moment, based on our raw recording, we have now hit 100 hours of content. Are you serious? I am serious. I paid attention to our spreadsheet before we recorded so that I can make the announcement as we hit 100 hours. Wow. That's uh, mind-blowing. How long have we been at this? It doesn't seem like 100 hours ago. It seems like so much more. (laughs) But like, that's a serious milestone. Hey, congratulations. Well, you know, cheers. And also with you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> that's, uh, that's fabulous. Do you have a song to celebrate? I don't, but maybe, okay. maybe on Second Breakfast. All right. That'll be fun. All right. What's your uh, number one uh, moment from the uh, episode? Well, now I had to scramble to come up with another one. Oh, so I'm sorry. I'm going to say, and this wouldn't be the one I would put first, but I'm going to just leave this order going. The video shoot was really great. I mean, uh-huh. the whole goat transforming into a lion, really funny. I love this idea of, do you know what they were advertising? Some sort of energy drink? No, I think it was actually a coffee liqueur. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that the goat cannot drink. Right. And it just what did this have to do with it? It's just it's just so funny to me. This right. whole this whole thing of of Keely really trying to part of it is, you know, the interaction she had before this where she goes, "Oh, but we want, we want to make it good, right?" And she goes, "I guess." You know? Right, I mean, right. It's With so dads. true when you see these these suits come in mm-hmm. and they they say, "All right, well, I'm going to make the numbers work." 
but the numbers don't work unless the product is good, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. if we just Mm -hmm. said, okay, well, we want to make our Patreon numbers go up, and to do that, we're going to put out a podcast every day, and it's going to be 10 minutes long, and it's going to be really shallow. Would that really work? I don't think so. So you have to focus on the content first. You have to focus on the product first if you want it to succeed. And that's what this CFO doesn't get. And Keely is very frustrated by that, and you could tell. And so when she goes there, it's kind of interesting to see what kind of products she's got, right? I mean, this is this is a wild shoot. I could not tell you what this was for unless they told me. Yeah, right. With the disco, I was like, oh, they're at a disco. And then they're like, there's a goat in the disco. Like, what the hell is going on? Right. Very funny. Um, I really liked Shandy's introduction as well. Yeah. Because she delivered this very technical uh, uh, solution to, hey, you know, snap your fingers and get 100 more extras in here. Um, And I did feel like she's competent, uh, regardless of her sort of party girl attitude and ultimately, you know, being hired by uh, uh, Keeley at the firm. Um, It seems like she's got some competencies and as actually a serious person inside of the bubbly exterior. Well, the question is, was that a fluke or does she actually have that skill? Is that just something she saw once and she's suggesting it? Because I thought so too at first that she was competent. Uh But then that text about the mimosas towards the end, that makes you go, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. she delivered it so competently though. Like she really sold me on it. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. But that's the point though, right? Is was she fooling us and Keeley, right, into thinking, based on this one idea, yeah, I could do this job. Right. Well, we have yet to see, right? We, we're, we're definitely going to have to see where she goes with it. Right. I think uh, that what we're going to see, I think what they're leading to is, Keeley's going to have to realize, th- this whole thing is going to be a journey for her to realize that the CFO sure. has value, and for the CFO mm-hmm. to realize that she has value, and in the process, they're going to have to agree to fire uh, Shandy. <laughs> I really do okay. think so. I that's really do think prediction. that's where we're, where we're ending up here. Right. It's not going to work out with her. And yeah, she's going to have to like learn an important life lesson of being a boss. Right. Yeah, could be. That could be. What's your number two, David? Uh, Trent Krim. Okay. The, the whole Trent Krimness of it all. Uh, yeah. Um, I was really worried when we didn't see him in the press briefings in episode one. And yeah, you know, I, I, he did leave the independent at the end of season two, I think. Right. So that's, that makes sense. But I, I forgot that. And so I was oh. like, where's Trent Krim? Where's Trent Krim? I was really nervous. And then, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, some of the cast members were at the White House the other day to talk with uh, President Biden I about mental health initiatives. And then they had them, they went in for a press briefing and spoke, um, uh, Jason Sudeikis spoke a little bit, you know, uh, to the, uh, the White House press corps. And uh, the actor who plays Trent Krim was in the press body and asked a question <laughs> as Trent Krim, oh, a uh, fake journalist. Yeah, it was, it was very cute. It was a setup, you know, it was a whole, whole little bit that they did. Uh, but when I heard that he was there, I was like, oh, okay, whew, you know, they wouldn't have had him in that little set piece if he wasn't going to be on the show. And then um, to bring him in, what, just in the very opening sequence of uh, this episode, I was like, yes, I was very happy for that. And that whole like, uh, oh, you know, you know, oh, it's up to you, Gaffer. You know, do you want to, you know, give the okay for this book? And they're all doing the no signal, like <laughs> cutting them off. 
And then to just have Trent doing the book writing as a plot device to weave more of the narration of this season through, and then to create this backstop for some of the action, because here we have now eyes and ears always listening and people reacting, oh, don't print that. Oh, like, oh, but you can print that about the Skittles. That that's going to be, I think, a consistent bit. And people either being outwardly Oh, uh, um, out and proud about something, you know, and just going, fine, Trent, you know, like publish this. I don't care what you say. Or people trying to hide and keep the truth from Trent uh, is going to be an interesting plot driver throughout the entire season. I think that the main point of this season so far has been mm-hmm. be true to thyself. Right. Mm-hmm. It has been yep. let people be themselves and play to their own strength. We saw that mm-hmm. with Ted combating Nate with water instead of fire in episode one. And I'll talk about later, but I think, yeah, Keely is being herself, but also I think Rebecca even Mm -hmm. is using her own strength instead of trying to mimic Rupert. Right. So I think that we're going to see Trent be himself. We're going to see Roy kind of find himself here and sort of sort of confront why he is so hesitant to return to his relationship with Keely. Right. Yeah, and that gets into some of my number three, so let's not go too far down there just yet. There we go. One more addition on Trent Krim. You know, he's always been a, a one-dimensional character in this, right? Trent Krim, independent, yeah. right? You know, he's been this uh, foil for the whole, why is Ted here? Why is an American coaching uh, English football in the Premier League? And uh, if we're going to get a full-blown three-dimensional Trent Krim, I'm pretty excited for that too, because I think there's an interesting story to tell there of the story writer. And I like the actor. I like the portrayal. I like the tone. I like his tone of voice and his like, you know, sly little smiles. And so I think as an addition to a full blown character, I'm, I'm really excited for it and here for it. Yeah. I don't know if I fully agree with him not being a three dimensional character before this, because I think that even early on, you had him, you know, spending the day with Ted and then realizing I'm going to write a positive article about this guy. And then later having more journalistic integrity than, Mm -hmm. than he used to. And, you know, right. I, I ultimately that being his demise. Right. Right. I really do think that he has actually shown a decent amount of character development for a side character so far. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, I hadn't considered that. All right. You're number two, sir. Higgins becoming the master of whispers for (laughs) Richmond. (laughs) that was a pretty good impression of his noise thank you (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) he really just just he go he has the lip reading masseuse he's got the uh the karate teachers he's got this whole network of spies right (laughs) and he was able to deliver information rather quickly during the chelsea match right he came back right away with fresh intel I'm telling you, Varys has competition mm. for Spymaster. Hey, I didn't think about this, but I guess with Nate not being there anymore, the Diamond Dogs um, no longer exist. No, the Diamond Dogs have to continue. Yeah, I don't know, because it was, it was Nate, right? Uh, Coach Beard, Ted, and uh, Higgins, and Nate's gone. And Roy joined by the end, though, remember? Right, that's true. That's so, true. I think I think they have enough. I think there's enough dogs in the pack. 
Okay. Uh, maybe Trent could join the, the Diamond Dogs. Oh, I that like where fun. you're going. That would be fun. All right, anything more on uh, Higgins? No, I really just thought it was more funny than anything. Yeah, it's cute. All right, my number three is the entire Roy Kent arc. Okay. Um, I, we all love his gruffness. We all love his, you know, rah, 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 you know, stuff. And this episode was actually kind of a very Roy-centric episode in a lot of ways, because we have the whole thing um, with the breakup, but then we have a return with Jamie and Roy and their conflict. And of course, Jamie's an entirely different character now, um, who's trying to be empathetic and supportive. Mm. And Roy just can't deal with it. <laughs> I know. We have Roy and Trent uh, and their conflict. And then we have Roy uh, and Chelsea. And the, the one thing that actually slid right by was uh, Roy and Zava, right? Roy was like, oh, yeah, he'll uh -huh. help us win games. Yeah. You know, that, where, where I thought, oh, boy, that's going to be a, a major point of conflict because there's going to be some problem. He's going to think he's a prat, whatever. Um, but no, Roy seemed pretty good with the idea of getting Zava. But everything else was really moving and really interesting in this very gruff character that we've uh, definitely all come to love. The whole aspect of um, Ted calling Roy to account. He's like, dude, you feel me here? Like, you're about to crash something that is bigger than just your beef with right. Trent. And you've got to get right with that. And you've got to get right with Trent right now. We don't have time for this. this we're, in, we're back in the Premier Leagues. And if you're carrying on this petty little beef, it's not going to work. And, Troy, and, and Roy, to his credit, saw the wisdom of that and took that on. And then, like you said, this authenticity, this like be true to thine self uh, arc that's, that's happening in the storylines, when he tells... Trent the truth about why he's angry with him, that was a real reckoning. Right. And that was a time for them to both get right with each other about their pasts and about their present. And that was really moving and it was really well written and really well delivered. Yeah. Uh, Roy doesn't go in for a hug, right? He, <laughs> he says, hey, oi, you were an asshole to me. And right. Trent goes, yeah, I was and I'm sorry. And then he goes, yeah. <clears throat> and then he just tells them, yeah, sorry. All right, it's done. It's done. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So something, you know, I, I just want to bring up Jamie with yeah. Roy. Yeah, yeah. First of all, let's contrast Jamie returning to the team and the team's reaction to that with uh -huh. learning about Zava coming to the team. Both are known <laughs> to be assholes. But right. look how much the team has grown since mm -hmm. Jamie coming back, where now they have an asshole coming to the team and they're like, all right, we can work with this. Right. Yeah, that's true. I think that's, that's a really a good point. big moment for the team. But also, can I just point out here, Jamie's hair is his picture of Dorian Gray, where <laughs> as he becomes a nicer person, his hair gets more douchey. Yes, it's very strange haircut, this one. He just, I just don't understand what they're doing with it. <laughs> That was the great scene too in the in the in the kit room there with William. Yeah, um, and he goes to hug him, and, <laughs> and Roy's just like, <laughs> yeah. And it's a very different Jamie. It's a radically different Jamie. And right. and Roy was right to suspect him of like, oh well, you're just trying to get you know, you're just trying to see if you can get an angle back on Keeley. 
And Jamie's like, no, I'm I'm being serious in my empathy here. And, right. and Roy just doesn't know how to do that. And that goes back to his, he's not a guy who has fun or knows how to have fun. And that ending sequence there where he talks about his time at Chelsea and leaving Chelsea, again, it was really moving and really insightful into who he is and who he's becoming. Yeah, great arc here. What's uh, What's your number three? My number three is Rebecca. I mentioned this before, but Rebecca using her own strengths to win over Zava mm-hmm. instead of mimicking Rupert because she goes on this long nice. spiel about yeah. how Rupert's just so charming. He made me feel special, which, by the way, was an mm-hmm. amazing monologue by Hannah. It was. Uh, and, and I mean, stellar, world class. But this whole idea, and it was very moving, right? It was very moving to listen to you know, how he wooed her. And how he's yeah. going to, you know, he made me feel like that and points to, points to him, you know, beaming. Right. And she thinks to herself, well, I can't do that. But what I can do is tell someone to cut the shit and mm-hmm. scare them with my power. Remember her whole thing where she raised her arms and made herself big and goes like, right, last yeah, season? That's, right. that's uh-huh, what she's yeah. doing here, right? Is she's, mm-hmm. she's being the intimidating person. And that's, that's her strength. And even earlier in the episode, we see a contrast with the previous episode. The previous episode, she gets called out for, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to destroy him. I just want to beat him. Mm-hmm, and then right. I, I think it's Keeley who says, you know, is, is there really a difference? And mm-hmm. I think this episode when Trent goes, so you're telling me that you just want him to keep him away from your ex-husband. And she goes, yeah, that's what I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. She's very true to herself, and I think that what this show is telling us is when you stop denying who you are, when you stop denying mm. what problems you have, you can start to actually deal with those issues and recognize your faults and your strengths. I mean, to walk in on Zava <laughs> right in that moment and really lay it out, lay out the case, you'll never... I mean, it's, it's, it's trickery, she's trying to woo him, but she's also making a really powerful point and very emphatically and very impassioned, like, you'll never know if you don't come and play with us, whether, you know, that you're good of a, a player. And for her to have done that in season one or season two, no way. Right. Right. Like, it, it's a real evolution of the character. And I think that's something that I'm enjoying is seeing these characters having evolved over uh, the two seasons so that we're not just doing the same bits and playing the same gambits and rehashing the same relationships. So yeah, seeing Rebecca actualized is kind of cool. Do you know what made me laugh the most though? What? Was when she's yelling at him at the urinal Uh and he stops peeing when she stops talking and then resumes when she starts again. (laughs) Did you notice that? Oh, just peripherally. I didn't. It was so funny to me. Yeah. (laughs) Also, that was the longest pee of all time. Yeah, that dude. Yeah, for a, for a small guy like that, that was a huge B. <laughs> and the asparagus comment—that was just weird. It <laughs> was just a little bit. Bizarre. Well, you're not bothered by asparagus pee? Uh, no, I'm not bothered by it. But I'm like, did he eat that much asparagus? Who eats that asparagus on that? I don't, I don't know. know. You have one stalk, and it really it gets you. I mean, I don't like smelling my own asparagus pee. All right, enough enough urine talk. Well, I was going to say, you know, what's worse than asparagus pee is lamb poop, so, you know. Oh, yeah, good call. We had a lot of odor discussion in this episode. Yes, we do. It's very strange. New character watch. Uh, So we've got Shandy, client relations coordinator, um, and we have Zava. Um, And interestingly, I think Zava is being written in as a proxy for a real footballer by the name of Zlatan. 
and uh, he's a Swedish player, and uh, I'm not sure who he's playing for right now, but he is apparently uh, a very similar character to Zava, where he's you know played for a number of different clubs, always wreaks havoc, but like he's too good for people to not uh, uh, take on. Apparently, when he went to the uh, LA Galaxy, I believe is the football club that's in LA. Uh, LeBron James sent him an autographed uh, shirt, and then uh, Zoltan uh, signed it and sent it back to him. <laughs> oh my God! Wow. I don't know how apocryphal that story is. I I just I heard it on the internet. So if if you no, that's uh, canon now. Yeah. Uh, well, I was just hoping somebody could write in and validate that for us. I don't want you to validate it. I just want to believe okay. it. It's just too good, right? Yeah. Speaking of feedback, uh, definitely write in and let us know what you're thinking about the season. The, this episode was like 42 minutes, 47 minutes, uh-huh. and I had a really hard time just at picking three things and yeah. thinking about what I'm, I'm going to talk about. So w- what we would love is for you guys to send us a voicemail or send us some feedback, tell us what you thought was funny what arcs you're enjoying or little pickups that we might have missed because the show is just, I think, too dense and rich for us to be able to cover it in the normal depth that we normally would. So uh, to that end, Tom sent us an email. He says, hey, guys, loving coverage had some thoughts about this week's episode in reference to number one. My girlfriend pointed out that Jamie's hair gets douchier with John. This is the same point. (laughs) (laughs) That his hair gets douchier with each season, and I feel like it's a great way of showing his true self is still there, but he's learning, at least emotionally. Yeah, there you go. It's the picture of Dorian Gray, I'm telling you. I love it. Uh, He goes on, number two, my prediction is Nate gets sacked halfway through the season from West Ham. Rupert doesn't seem one to let something develop like chemistry, see his relationships. On top of that, the Premier League is known for being cutthroat with managers of struggling teams. I feel like that would be an interesting turn for Nate's character and maybe lead to him dealing with his self-hatred. My only hope, though, is that they don't immediately Jamie him back onto the team should that happen. No matter what, though, I'm happy to see them at least setting up plans to address some of the characters' biggest lingering issues this season. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Please be sure to write in uh, for our next episode and uh, keep the feedback coming. John, uh, thoughts on Nate getting sacked halfway through the season? I think it's very plausible. But I think it's a really good theory. I, I just I agree with you entirely, Tom. I don't want him to come back at least right away, and probably not at all, because... I think that something that the show is trying to teach us and Ted is you can't save everyone, right? Mm -hmm. You have to let people figure out their own lives at some point. You have to let people, you know... Fall. You know, Mm -hmm. yeah, like have consequences to their actions. And Ted cannot save Nate from himself. Nate has made the decision to really be cruel to everyone around him. And Mm -hmm. it's up to him to rebuild those bridges. It's not up to Ted. Right. Yeah, and it's it's for up to Nate to get right with his own self-loathing. He's not going to be able to repair any of those relationships until he can get right with himself and stop hating himself. Exactly. All right, John, uh, I think that's it for the episode. Anything else that you want to throw in, or should we get on to shouting out our Patreon, our Patreon patrons? I would love to just hear all about our lovely patrons. Okay. All right, John, as you know, we like to give a special shout out to our Lore Master patrons. Um, They do a lot to help us every month, and we like to thank them by giving them a quick shout out. 
So, Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H., uh, Michael G., Michelle E., David W., Brian P., Nick W., SC, Peter O.H., Bettina W., Adam S., Nancy M., Lavinia T., Dork of the Ninjas, Dove 71 who just upgraded their account, and Brian8063, who's our newest lore master. Thank you, all of you, very much. And thank you to all our patrons. Uh, it really means a, a lot to us to have your support. John, programming notes for the remainder of March. It has been a crazy month. Like you said, we just capped, we just broke through our cap of 100 hours of content, and we're not done with the month. Absolutely. We've got the Lorehounds play The Last of Us Part 1 coming. We're just wrapping up The, Lo- the Last of Us, uh, the series with our season wrap-up. We've got The Mandalorian Season 3 every week, and we've got Ted Lasso happening every week. Also, make sure you check out The Earth Sea Cycle. We just started that coverage of that book series with Marilyn Arpaquila. Also, next week, we have Silmarillion stories coming out, so stay tuned for that if you're on the Tolkien journey with us. All right, everybody, thank you so much for um, sticking around and listening to us. Please uh, drop us a note, lorehounds at thelorehounds.com, and we'll be back uh, with Ted Lasso next week. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening.